On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, we'll be going through the NFL's trade deadlines, figuring out who are the winners and losers. We'll be talking about the Week 8 Fantasy Boom, along with our Fantasy Starts of the Week and our Quick Picks. everybody kyle and tyler are back to give their two cents on everything football we just finished a great trade deadline where there are definitely some losers and some winners i'm looking at you green bay packers fans i am sorry <laughs> brutal one for them eh, kyle yet another trade deadline where they do nothing despite having aaron oh. Rodgers. packers fans are punching air right now they're so unhappy <laughs> And all they're asking for is like a wide receiver like Cooks, who's been doing nothing on a bad team. Oh yeah, boy. Who wants to be traded. They are definitely not in the winner's column, not the Packers nor the Cooks fantasy owners. Um, no. But looking forward after the trade deadline, we'll be getting to a bit of our fantasy starts of the week and quick picks. But let's start with the trade deadline. Kyle, the biggest trade was probably the Bradley Chubb trade to Miami. Do you have the details yeah. exactly here? Let's hear it. I do. So Miami receives um, linebacker Bradley Chubb uh, and a fifth round pick is a 2025 fifth and sent back uh, running back Chase Edmonds, their 2023 first round pick. So for those of you that haven't been paying as close attention, Miami uh, lost their own first round pick. Um because of some uh, legal issues in the off season. <laughs> and, but they had I was San Fran's first round pick from the Trey Lance trade. So they traded that pick away. And then they also traded away 2024 fourth. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of this trade, Tyler? Like is, is Bradley Chubb a winner here? I mean, I think Bradley Chubb's a winner certainly. Cause now he gets to go play for a super bowl because Denver wasn't going to get there. I yeah. don't think Denver's no. making the playoffs. Even Remember when I called that at the beginning of the year? <laughs> we do not Broncos like Broncos are going to win that division. Yeah. No. That was <laughs> that was a tough one. I mean, I took Chiefs, so I think we've if we combine our answers, we, we've been right on most of our picks. If you ignore all yeah. the times that we were wrong, we were right a lot. Exactly. Exactly. I think Denver got a decent return, though. I don't know really how NFL drafting works because some amazing players are traded for a fourth. Depending on contract seems to be like a big part of it because I don't understand the Hawkinson trade in general. I don't understand this trade because to me, Bradley Chubb's a difference maker. And I understand draft picks are very pretty to have, but a lot of them don't work out. As an Eagles fan, I've seen a lot of first round picks lately not work out. So I think you got to be very happy as a Dolphins fan. You don't really care about that first round pick. You're hoping it's 30 to 32. Yeah, this is like, I think both sides kind of win this trade um, in, in terms of value. Miami's getting a, a star pass rusher in like a super depleted pass rushing market. So there's been high demand for pass rushers. So to come away with one of the best young players in the game is a, a win for them. They traded away their first round pick our 49ers first round pick, I should say, but they like, they seriously look like they're contending for a super bowl this year. And at some point you just have to go all in and Denver, like, 
I think that they just realized that they really fucked up. <laughs> like they're <laughs> like, we traded away all this draft capital and spent all this money on Russell Wilson thinking that we were a Super Bowl contending team. So they they went all in in the offseason and now they're looking at their team going, wow, we missed. <laughs> so to get Good that on draft them to cut their losses. Them. Exactly. It's like instead of chasing that loss and continuing to try to double down, maybe giving up more draft capital, they're they're taking a step back and going, okay, maybe we need to build this for a couple of years still. So on the topic of him being a star linebacker, that is Bradley Chubb. How good do you think he is? Like for, for me, who doesn't pay attention as much as you do to the defensive side of the ball, is he a top 10 outside linebacker? Where do we rank him as a star? He's got to be up there because like Melvin Ingram, who's like, 34 years old or whatever he is has been playing extremely well in Miami. They also have a young pass rusher in Jalen Phillips on the other side of the ball. And they've got one of the better secondaries uh, talent wise. Anyways, they haven't been playing the greatest, but talent wise, like they've you have injured, really though. strong corners and safeties. Yeah. So I, I think that this is the missing piece that Chubb is going to now have a secondary that can lock their guy down for a few seconds. And then he can just really put some pressure on quarterback. So like, I'd probably put him top 10. Um, off the top of my head. Well, I I got to say that's a win then for Miami, who's clearly trying to go for it. They beat the Bills earlier in the year. You do that again in the playoffs. Like, who says you can't beat any other team to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. So staying on Miami then, they traded for Jeff Wilson, gave up a fifth-round pick. What a yeah. lot of my friends were discussing in fantasy group chats is, why give up a fifth for Wilson if you could get a player like Kareem Hunt for a fourth? I there can't be that much of a difference there, but I ask you that. Wh- why not? So I don't have Wilson's contract details up, but I assume it's something contract related. Kareem Hunt. Sorry, go ahead. I thought that was contract related too, but he expires at the end of the year. Oh, so they both expire. Yeah, I have no idea. The only thing I can really think of at that point then is just familiarity with the offense. I guess. Eh? Um, Because he's coming from a Mike McDaniels offense, like, McDaniels in 2020 had Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson as his primary ball carriers and he has them again so it's familiar faces that you know fit that scheme it's a little bit of a lower risk and they were giving up they gave up their fourth uh, for 2024 in the Chubb trade so unless like you say a fourth but was Miami looking for like a 2023 fourth or sorry, was uh, Cleveland looking for a 2023 fourth? Were they okay taking something like a 2025 fourth? Like that's pretty far out for a team that looks like they want to win now. So um, I think paying attention to those years makes mm. a big difference too. That's so to, to give a, a fifth round pick, that's like four years down the road or whatever it is, three years down the road, I don't think is a huge overpay by any means. Yeah, so they're definitely winners. And I think we both agree that the Broncos are slight winners for realizing where they are. They're not winners from the start of the season, but from where they were a week ago, I think looking forward, they could be better despite losing a really good player. But you need some draft capital and they got a decent amount back. And and you need cap space because you signed Russ for this huge contract and like Chubb's a 20 mil plus per year guy. Yeah. So... So speaking of guys that are 20 million plus, Rokon Smith of the Bears gets traded to the Ravens 
the Bears, I think the week before, I'm not sure if we talked about this. Did we talk last week about them trading away Quinn to the Eagles? I think so. We did talk Quinn, yeah. So they've lost their best two rushers, or not pass rushers. I guess Roquan Smith is a linebacker as well. How do we feel about the Smith trade? What's the details on that one? So uh, Baltimore receives Mr. Roquan Smith. They send back linebacker A.J. Klein, uh, their 2023 second-round pick, and their 2023 fifth-round pick. Um, So... I think that Roquan is a big winner here. He was unhappy in Chicago. He didn't really want to stay there, and he was in the final year of his contract. He's an undrafted free agent at the end of the year. Baltimore has a, a need at middle linebacker. Like Patrick Queen has been playing well, but he is not. He's a prototype style linebacker that is, you know, relatively fast and quick in coverage he's good off the blitz but he's not a surefire tackler like Roquan Smith is which I think Mm. brings up this defense quite a bit and I think he's a guy that can you know call it and run this defense as well um so I really like it for Roquan Smith what do you think I totally agree and it's exactly what the Ravens needed they I think when I watch their games, especially in their fourth quarter blowups, which is all their losses basically were fourth quarter blowups, they couldn't tackle. And Roquan Smith leads the league in tackles this year. Exactly. Bada bing, bada boom. It's it's really smart for the Ravens to go out and do this. Like AJ Klein was a practice squad guy. Like they signed him off a practice squad like two weeks ago. So he wasn't an essential piece of this defense. We're dealing with some injuries at middle linebacker. And as a Ravens fan, I know most uh, people don't go as in depth looking at things like comp picks, but as a Ravens fan, it's something that Ozzy and Eric DaCosta have always loved taking advantage of. So if we see like, there's, there's two outcomes here. Roquan Smith plays lights out the Ravens sign someone like LJ to an extension, free up a bit of cap space and also um, re-sign Roquan. Like the bears are paying his salary this year, but they could look to re-sign him if they love him and want to keep him in Baltimore. And that's a strong possibility. They're a defensive minded team. If Roquan Smith walks, he is going to bring in likely a third round comp pick just based on the salary that he signs for. It could even be up to a second. I think, yeah so it could be a second so if you look at this from baltimore standpoint they have a chance to make a a run at keeping this really talented young middle linebacker that they've been missing since ray lewis left and if they can't and he goes and signs somewhere else you're looking at a second probably a second round comp pick so it's like end of second round so you gave up a fifth to have Roquan for a year that you're trying to contend for a Super Bowl. Like, I think that that's brilliant. It's, so it's really good management. Is that the case for the Bears then too? Would they have also received that same third round comp pick if he left in free agency? Yes, that would have been the case. <laughs> then I'm surprised that you only, I guess because of the situation, everyone knows that he wanted out, the price is lower. Mm-hmm. But for such a good player, it's a great steal for the Ravens. I think they win uh, that trade. And I, I think the Bears, good on them for getting the picks. And let's go for the Bears now. They transitioned that into Chase Claypool, trading basically that same second-round pick for Claypool, turning this into a Claypool plus a fifth-round pick for Smith overall some trade. 
I think the Bears are kind of halfway. Like I'm not saying they're major winners or major losers. I think Claypool could be a win, but I don't love him personally. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is just showing their commitment to fields because they really neglected to surround him with any wide receivers in the offseason and everyone uh, shunned them for it. So I think it's an overpay for Claypool to go send a second round pick. But I mean, we've seen him make really good plays. He's a super talented receiver. We just haven't seen him be the focal point of an offense. So you know, maybe um, the Bears prove us wrong and he's that missing piece that unlocks this Bears offense. You've got Darnell Mooney and Claypool now that have to be respected uh, as a defense. You'd have to make sure that they're both covered, obviously. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I really think that Chicago lost the Roquan Smith trade. Yeah, they, me too. They obviously, like, from a management standpoint, it makes sense for them to get a bit of value back. Like they got the fifth. And even if you look at like a uh, comp second round pick to Raven second round pick, like if they're banking on the Ravens, not making a super bowl and like they're, you know, a first round playoff exit, you're talking like a top 20 second round pick versus like pick 34, 35 in the second round, uh, potentially even later than that, depending on where that pick falls. So you move up 15, 20 spaces in the second, you get a fifth out of a guy that you knew wasn't staying. So, uh, I guess it works out. What do you think then? If you're, we teased it at the start, if you're a Packers fan, you look at the teams in your division, you see the Bears doing stuff, you see the Vikings doing stuff with the Hawkinson trade. We'll get into the Vikings soon. But are the Packers not just the worst losers of them all? I'd put them above the Rams as the biggest losers. Yeah, like the the Packers had every opportunity. Apparently they offered a second round pick for Claypool, but they took the Bears second round pick because they expected it to be higher than the uh, Packers, which is hilarious. But like if you threw in, you know, like a second and a fifth to go get a guy for Rodgers to throw to, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I, I think that this shows the Packers don't expect Rodgers to be sticking around till next year. So they don't want to give up future draft capital to get a, a rental for this year they're just they're just preparing for the future i think so because they apparently they could have traded a second for jerry judy too and the packers were in the jerry judy market and then refused to offer a second round pick really like that's embarrassing i'd be so mad who even fires the gm the gm needs to get fired in my opinion who does that there's no owner there's a collection (laughs) of millions of owners Yeah, I don't know how it works down in Green Bay. No one does. They don't either. No, they're punching air for sure. So let's talk about the other teams, the NFC North. The Lions and the Vikings had one trade. And for me, that trade is a clear winner for the Vikings and loser for Detroit. Hawkinson is a great player, was drafted as a top 10 tight end. Right now, currently in the NFL, I think he's a top eight tight end. No questions asked ceiling for top five he looks like a viking it'll be a perfect fit especially with irv smith out kurt cousins fantasy stock goes up Vikings super bowl stock goes up and detroit gets what kyle what's the compensation total so detroit got back a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third there was a bunch of conditions attached to them um but they gave up hawk and two picks 
Yeah, so they gave up Hawk. They gave up the so basically it, it works out that they traded up from a fourth rounder to a twenty twenty three second. So they moved up two rounds, and then they moved up one to two rounds in twenty twenty four, depending how the comp, um, the conditions play out. So some of which are like the Vikings winning a playoff game and stuff. So. <sighs> I, it's definitely a big win for Minnesota because it's just another weapon on this offense that takes attention away from players like Jefferson and Cook. Um, I, I really think that he's going to play well in Minnesota. I think he's going to be slightly less productive than he was in Detroit just because he he was a security blanket in Detroit. And I don't think that he has to be that in Minnesota, but maybe it unlocks Hawk. Maybe he's better. I just I think that he gets less target share um and the only reason i see this as a win for detroit is because of the contract situation and they're still in their rebuilding phase (laughs) i really think they should have resigned him because fans loved him we have some buddies that are very upset (laughs) that hawk is gone oh yeah the lions in the group chat the lions fans in the group chat were livid yeah, they were not happy that they didn't get like a first or something for him. And they could they realistically could have resigned him because they know that they're going to be targeting a quarterback in the future. Um, He's only worth 10 million next year yeah. on the fifth year extension. Like it's really not that bad for a star tight end. No, I, I think Detroit lost this trade. Like they should have re-signed him and kept him in Detroit. They they're realistically gonna have cap space. They're gonna be able to cut their losses with Goff next year. So there's lots of ways to maneuver cap to keep someone that has embodied staying in Detroit. Thank you. Cause that's what I keep on hearing arguments for is like, but the cash, but the, the cap it's as if that matters. I, it doesn't matter every year. You see it. Kelsey this year changed his contract, got more money right now. And the cap went down for the chiefs. Like you can figure it out. It, I don't want to hear this cap bullshit. The Saints went from 130 million over the cap. Three days later in the offseason, there were 90 million under. How does that work? They didn't sell half their team. I don't understand why people are so like, oh, the cap, you can kick it down the road until you suck. Yeah, it, it comes down to the fact of like who's paying the dollars and cents of it all because. Um, these teams like the Rams that are like huge market teams that have tons of money, they just, they can kick the can down the road because they're, they're paying out these huge signing bonuses. So we look at it and it's just like percents of the cap and things like that. But you got to remember, like someone's paying these like 300 millions of dollars, uh, to these players. So, um, a team like Detroit, that's kind of been doo-doo forever. Like they don't have the revenue that someone like the Rams in LA have um, don't share a stadium with another team to that's eliminate overhead, enough. things like that. So that's what I think. I mean, that, that could realistically be it, you know, like maybe there was a way that they could have moved cap around, but if the owner in Detroit's going, nah, I don't want to fork out like 120 M's. They're just like, okay, well we're trading them away then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... That makes sense. If you knew that it wasn't going to get down and get done the contract, I guess yeah. get whatever you can. The only the only way I see this as down. a win. Yeah, the, the only way I see this as a win for Detroit is if Hawk basically told them he was not going to resign with them, um, or if 
ownership was like, no, nah, we don't want to fork over a huge signing bonus to make it work with our cap. Fair enough. And Amari Cooper was traded for a fifth round pick last year because of cap so situation. No so fair enough. Like, I Appar- guess I just don't get like, it. Apparently the Cowboys were looking at trading a second round pick for Claypool or something too. And I'm like, how do you trade? Or was it Claypool? It was, uh, cooks. they were interesting cooks cooks. Yeah. So it's like you, you let Amari Cooper walk for a fifth round pick. And now you're trying to trade your second to bring in Brandon cooks. Like Amari Cooper's better. You're giving up more draft capital. Like I, I don't do that. that. Makes, like that's just basically the Cowboys admitting that they fucked up letting Amari Cooper walk. The Texans saved the Cowboys from making a bad trade, but also the Cowboys are kind of in it. So they were, for me, they're losers as well because they did nothing. And they're absolutely a team that could have made the Super Bowl this year. And they didn't help their chances. while every other team around them, like the Vikings and Eagles did. Yeah. No, the Cowboys, they, they missed the ball. They should have been a little bit more active if they want to compete in that division right now. Totally. I mean, rest of the way, winners and losers, there's not too many. We kind of touched on it. The Rams are losers for sure. They didn't get rid of Cam Akers for anything as they've been trying to do for like a month now. And no. they don't have any running game. So I don't think this yeah, is no. a playoff win in their future. Huge L from the Rams. I didn't expect them to go make any big acquisitions. There were they were supposedly in talks for Cooks, but they've already given up so much draft capital, and like the cap is going to catch up to them eventually. So they can't just keep bringing in these studs every year. Uh, and I think that the Texans are losers as well because mm. Cooks is not showing up to practice, and he tweeted out about how unhappy he is, and now he it's looking like he might hold out for a release. So and the most cryptic wide receiver tweet you've ever seen. Wide receivers all tweet the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all they all do it. They're unhappy and they just take it to Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, if if they have to release Cooks, like that's a huge F. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather have a seventh yeah. round pick. Yeah, I mean, well, like, why would you just let a guy walk for letting him walk, right? Yeah, I agree there. And we touched on it way before with the CMC trade, but 49ers didn't have to do anything after that. They won the trade deadline a week and a half ago when their pick did a throwing touchdown, receiving, and rushing touchdown. They won the trade deadline (laughs) as well. Yeah, that was pretty wild. All right. Well, I think that does it for our trade deadline winners and losers. Lots of winners, lots of losers out there. Sorry, Packers fans. Oh. I'll throw one more trade out there that I don't think we touched on the Calvin Ridley trade. Oh yeah. Let's, I forgot that. Cause he's yeah. not in the NFL right now. <laughs> he actually yeah. bet against the Jaguars when the Falcons were playing them and he got suspended for an entire year. He's now on the Jaguars starting next year. How do we feel as a Calvin Ridley fantasy owner? How do we feel as Calvin Ridley? Did he win? Uh, Calvin Ridley I guess kind of wins like I don't even know is going to the Jags an upgrade <laughs> it seems is pretty loud like you want to do good I don't know <sighs> some weeks <laughs> legit like yeah. he was supposed to be the guy right like ever since high school and yeah. through so far through the NFL I get the first year yet Urban Meyer but is he the guy I feel as though there's question marks about him all of a sudden 
Yeah, the Jags offense on paper, if Lawrence turns it around, looks really good. You're going to have lots of weapons that need to be covered between Kirk, Ridley, ETN, even Evan Ingram starting to come out of his hiding shell Fair a little enough. bit. Um, so I, I think that the Jags definitely won this trade. Like what they gave up to get Ridley was nothing. And it like we've seen it these second and third year quarterbacks, which I mean, it's going to be a third year quarterback uh, next year. They, they need someone that they can rely on to take that next step. We've seen it with Hurts. We've seen it with Tua. Um, we've never seen it with Lamar because the Ravens <laughs> fucking coaching staff and GMs don't want to do anything there. Isaiah but... Likely. Here's the tight end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another tight end. Oh, and we signed Nick Boyle to a fat contract extension too. <laughs> um, Three tight end sets. Yeah, four sometimes. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I like... I think that it's really smart on Jacksonville because they're not going to give up on Lawrence next year. Like they're not going to go draft a QB next year. I don't think Can't. Uh, unless they end up with a top two pick, but like, even if you do, there's no way, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. So I think they have to give Lawrence that, that fair shake one, one more year. See if having Ridley there um, unlocks his potential, but like, this is a huge F for Atlanta. Like, the, so the compensation Atlanta gets back is a 2023 conditional fifth and a 2024 conditional second. Yeah, that's not great. And if you're the Falcons, you kind of, as a fan, not happy about how it's going. I think you need a new coaching staff. You're losing Ridley, who was going to be a great wide receiver for you going forward with a tandem of London on the other side, Pitts. I don't think you're getting enough for a guy that that's talented. I know he hasn't played in a year and a half, but he's still really good. Yeah. And like the Falcons aren't in a great cap situation this year, which is, I mean, neither here nor there. Ridley's already on the team. So they've already figured that out and they're going to shed a lot of this dead cap from like Julio and Matt Ryan next year. So they're going to have freed up cap space that they can afford to pay Ridley. Um, and you know, give whatever quarterback they take in the draft, a really solid, couple of receiving options so that they can really keep running solid. the ball i maybe that <laughs> there's some, there could be something behind the scenes where ridley was never gonna play for the falcons again so they got whatever yeah. they could but if that's not the case i think the falcons lost ridley's a winner for now i mean he's not a winner in gambling he can't do that anymore but he's a winner on this part yeah should we do our fantasy starts of the week Let's do it. Do you okay. want to start us off? So Green Bay at Detroit. This it's officially and for the rest of the season, pick players that play Detroit. Detroit 32nd in yards per game, 32nd in points per game, 32nd in third down percentage on defense, 27th in the passing game, 30th in the rush guards. You pick tight end, QB, wide receiver, you friggin' name it, dude. <laughs> I'm starting Dobbs, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers. I'm starting everyone outside of AJ Dillon. Yeah. AJ Dillon's been awful, but you got to target this matchup. Like you circle this every single week. They, they had their buy. So now you can just target the Lions defense every single week for your starts. <laughs> um, like I had, I was bet bet on Miami as the top scoring team last week. And if Dallas didn't just throttle the bears um, would have been pretty close on that one. So Oh my God. Aaron Rodgers only has 1800 yards. 
through eight games. Just for Aaron Rodgers, it's usually a lot more than that. He's closer to 300 per game than 200 per game in his career. Yeah, that's... I mean, Rodgers has not looked the same without Devontae Adams there. It seems like they're starting to find a groove running this offense through Aaron Jones, which I'm expecting a huge game from him against Detroit. Could be RB1. Um, And, like, I mean, I know that the pass catchers have a fantastic matchup, but there's a good chance that the Packers take an early lead in this one. So game script could really be in the details on who actually shows out. But like in theory, if this is a close game, all of green Bay's offense should just do well. Even Dylan, I think Dylan could still be a flex play. Okay, there we go. And how about you, Kyle? Give me a fantasy start of the week. Do you have any quarterbacks? I don't. So I was actually going to flip to the other side of the ball. Oh, okay. Here we um, go. The Detroit side. Um, I am rolling with Jamal Williams and yes, we've talked about him before, but we saw Deandre Swift come back from injury. He missed the week before the buy had the buy to rest missed last week as well. And everyone expected, okay, he's, he's a hundred percent this week. They're just taking their time and he comes out and he gets like five carries. <laughs> like yeah, he got involved in the receiving game and he had a touchdown which salvaged his day. But I don't know what the lie like they hate DeAndre Swift for some reason. Supposedly he's not healthy and so it sounds like they're just taking it easy with him. They know that they're not winning anything this year so they don't want to further damage their star player. But like the the Packers rushing defense is awful. They're like 29th in the league in rushing yards allowed. And it's it's just been shown every single week over and over that the Lions want Jamal Williams to be involved on probably like 60% of their carries. And, and he's getting all the high value snaps, all the goal line carries. So like there's a good possibility Jamal Williams leaves this game with one or two touchdowns. So that's a I'm, great I'm idea with him this week. I'm actually benching Swift for Jamal Williams. Like if you handcuffed him, I am wow. benching Swift for Williams this week. I think that's legit a good play. And if you're a Swift owner, if you can somehow sell to a team that's six and one or seven and that you can, Hey, take this guy. He'll be good for the fantasy playoffs. Once he gets healthy, do it. If you can sell Swift, because he's like you said, Kyle, on a one in six Detroit or one seven one in seven one in six Detroit Lions team, they're not going to be using any of their star players deep in the season. They're not going to be riding their star players that you want for fantasy. So Jamal yeah. Williams season rest of season, I like him as like a f- RB two legit an RB two. Yeah, and apparently they were getting trade calls about Jamal Williams leading up to the deadline, and they didn't trade him. So mm, that just, mm. again, shows their commitment to Jamal Williams. Like, they just love this guy. Um, so the offense runs through Jamal. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think I've, outside of my running back, wide receiver, quarterback being Green Bay, I don't really have any picks besides the tight end one of the week. He's going to be the tight end one of the week if Andrews is out. And that's Isaiah Likely. Monitor that situation. We record on Wednesday. If Andrews is out, look for Isaiah Likely to be instantly a top three tight end. Plug him and play him just as you would Mark Andrews in every single lineup. If you have a Kelsey or a Kittle, flex Likely. He's going to be a great play if Mark Andrews is out. 
Yeah, it's clear that this Ravens offense runs through their tight ends. Greg Roman has made that obvious every single week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're an Andrews owner, like you should have likely sitting there on your bench so that like this is a Monday night game. So if you don't know the status of Mark Andrews, you got to be prepared either way. Um, I'm actually a little bit worried if Andrews plays because I don't expect him to be 100%. And they have the bye coming up. So I'm, I'm really expecting likely plays and really shows out like he looked really good last week he scored um 18 fantasy points last week i think he was getting a bunch of targets and a touchdown if he's gonna get red zone looks and be a tight end in a lamar jackson ran offense let's go yes 100 i'm with you on that one so that's our fantasy starts of the week be Uh, sure to plug and play him do you have another one I was going to say, I do have a another wide receiver start of the week, uh, and I'm rolling with Scary Terry just because this Vikings pass defense has really struggled, and I think game script uh, favors the commies, so, or favors the Vikings winning. So Heineke loves um, throwing to Scary Terry. He didn't fucking last year, I'll tell you that much, but this year... <laughs> He loves it. So um, you got to ride that. And like Minnesota is giving up the 29th most uh, passing yards right now on defense. So you just, you got to expect a big game there. And Dotson's probably out again. Yeah, that's a good point. And I've seen like a 30% target share from McLaurin and Heineke will huck it though. You know what I mean? He will huck it to whoever's out there. Yeah, he he'll just toss it. Those are our fantasy starts of the week. Be sure to plug and play all of them. Presented by no one yet. Advertisers hit us up. On to our quick picks, Kyle. Let's start Thursday night football with my undefeated Eagles. 14 Texans. point favorites. <laughs> I Texans? <said> Texans. You <laughs> dog. I dare you. Spread or money line? Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Uh, are you willing to take line. texans plus 14 do you have the balls <laughs> Houston strong no no i don't i really don't <laughs> so here's my number one absolute betting segment loose change lock of the week it's coming thursday night football and it's jalen hurts who is from houston he went to the texans facility all the time him to score a rushing touchdown anytime minus 110 on a lot of sports books. I've seen a couple sports books have it at plus a hundred or so. Find the best odds you can and put your mortgage or rent money on it. Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown against his hometown team in Houston. Give it to me, Kyle. Maybe even just parlay it with the Eagles money line. Probably just won't plus. help much, but do it. Why not? Yeah, that that extra like plus twenty or whatever. Yeah, an extra goes, twenty cents on the dollar. You got it. Anyone on the Eagles to score a touchdown is good value. I think Hertz will throw it for a few. He'll rush in for a few. He is my quarterback one on the week. If you're looking for like a DFS play, he's going to absolutely destroy people. I'm also going up against him in fantasy. So he's your QB one on every week, but yeah, (laughs) he's got a great matchup. (laughs) Absolutely. So Jalen Hurts and the Eagles going to stomp all over Houston Moving past that to Sunday. Are we in London? No, we're not in London. Oh, no 930 game. That's a shame. 
I like that. And we've got a Germany game coming up soon, though. We do. I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah. Shout out to my homeland. So True. for this week, though, we just have the one o'clock hour. And last week, we really had an offensive an offensive boom, Kyle, if you will. Every single game, <laughs> you found, kindly saw the offense. Fantasy-wise, you saw everyone go off. Like Derrick Henry, Kamara, Waddle, A.J. Brown. It feels though like every star player that you were begging to do something did something. And even the ones that you weren't, like Deonta Foreman and Tony Pollard. Yeah, Pollard, like he, what a game. He won people weeks. Like, what an offensive day like sunday was just unreal uh and i hope that it continues to look like that for all of those players because they're on my fantasy teams yeah exactly i mean last eight weeks through the first eight weeks kyle the under in vegas betting is like a 58 percent hit rate it's usually around 50 percent. it's the highest in over 15 years i think we'll finally regress to the mean a little bit which means we'll be seeing some overs we'll be seeing some points and the Bills Jets games, we were going to be seeing about 40 of those points on the Bills, maybe about 15 of them for the Jets, if that. I love <laughs> Zach Wilson, most interceptions, rest of season. Go place a bet there because he's about to throw three against the Bills this week. Oh, yeah. If he's not the favorite right now, he will definitely be the favorite after, after Sunday. This week. Wow, the Eagles have a better favorite. The Bills are only 12 and a half point favorites. Hammer that. I guess it's because it's a divisional matchup. They lose a field goal or something. The Jets have still been playing good football. This is a matchup that uh, a couple weeks ago we were looking forward to. They had a tough loss to the Patriots, but I mean, they Fair still enough. look good. Zach look Wilson good. just can't play the way he's playing. I, everything else about this team is looking good. Losing Brees Hall was a That's huge the loss thing, for them. A huge but, loss huge loss james robinson should be a little bit more comfortable in this offense now so we'll see buffalo struggles against the run if they can get carter and robinson hitting holes never know could be could be closer than we expect i feel so the Bengals panthers game is an absolute screaming get back get right game for the Bengals. but pj walker has been playing well playing better he than really baker has. mayfield he's legit won the job what do you think about this game? Uh, Cincinnati's got to win this game. Like they're already falling behind in the division, had a tough loss to Cleveland. I think like Carolina has been playing really well, but they just, they can't get it done. They couldn't get it done against the Falcons last week. And like, no one's expecting Carolina to win these games. It's great that they're playing well and PJ Walker's doing something and DJ Moore's getting yeah. involved and the waiver pickup of the uh, year Dante Foreman is unreal, but I, I just don't see them keeping pace with Cincinnati. Even without Jamar Chase, they're gonna be, they're gonna have their day just throwing to Higgins and Boyd. Yeah, I, I, it's clear that it's gonna be Bengals all day for me. But PJ Walker's yeah. won it enough in my heart so far to realize that he is an NFL quarterback, and I think Big the PJ Panthers Walker's hang stand. in. Yeah, I am huge XFL guy. Packers, Lions, Lions are three and a half point dogs at home. I think it's going to be offensive blowout, like over under is 49 and a half. I think Packers get right here. Detroit can definitely score against the Packers defense, though. 
I don't know who wins this game. Honestly, the Lions could steal it, but it will be a lot of points. I take the Packers by a field goal, maybe less. Yeah, I would take the Packers here, and I would be taking the over. Like, I'd have to actually check, but the Lions have probably hit the over on the majority of their games this year because they have a good offense and a crappy defense. So that's something you should be targeting in your parlays this week. And even when they don't hit the over, the other team still hits their over. Like the Patriots won like 29 to nothing against them. Colts, yeah. Patriots, speaking of Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, who knows, is playing the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. He's going to get mauled and throw a couple picks, right? Yes. This is an under game. Belichick is going to make his life a living hell. He's going to retire from football after this game. If the Patriots can score 20 points, they win this game for sure. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Indy puts up more than a touchdown here. They fired their OC this week. Jonathan Taylor missed practice. Yeah. How did I miss that? Wow. There was so much trade deadline stuff going on. Couldn't keep up with it all. But yeah, they fired their OC. They need to find someone else that can run this offense like Sirianni was. Um, And JT's still hurt. So he apparently re-aggravated that ankle injury. And I mean, Belichick is just going to make their life a nightmare. So JT's not 100%. You trade away Naeem Hines. You have Sam Ellinger as quarterback. Patriots are going to win this game. Doesn't matter who's quarterback. And Deion Jackson. Yikes. All right, David Pittman, you are on my fantasy trading block. Chargers, Falcons. Chargers are only three-point favorites. What? I guess their defense sucks that much, eh? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being down. Is Keenan Allen out still? Um, I didn't see his practice status for today, but as far as I know, he was still uh, nursing that hamstring injury. Another 49.5 total. It'll probably be a high-scoring game, but I'm not taking the Falcons to beat Herbert. I just can't take Mariota over Herbert. So despite that, Joshua Palmer and Eckler are going to have a great day. Go Chargers. I'm I'm going Falcons at home. Wow. I love that we're going off the board there. Falcons versus Chargers. Is that actually going to be a good game? Crazy. Probably not. Raiders. And we'll put Kyle Pitts in our lineups and then get shot. And then by cry it. every yeah. friggin' week, man. You go to Bencham, he'll score. It's unbelievable. Raiders, Jaguars, Jaguars, one and a half point dogs to the Raiders. I like the Jaguars here. So do I. Raiders I are dead. You. They got destroyed last week. Didn't score a point. Yeah. Jags are going to have a get right game here. Dolphins, Bears. Come on. What are we talking about? Five point dogs are the Bears. I'll take Miami to cover by more than five points for sure. 100%. Like Tua and this offense are clicking. Waddle and Tyreek are clicking. They got rid of Chase Edmonds, who they weren't giving the ball to. And they add Jeff Wilson, who is a good one two punch with Raheem Mostert. They're gonna they're gonna have their way on offense. Absolutely. And Vikings will have the same way with the commanders who have a terrible secondary and traded their best cornerback from that terrible secondary. So look out <laughs> True, Justin yeah, Jefferson. William Jackson. He hasn't scored since the first week. 
he'll be scoring this week. I like a Justin Jefferson, Jalen Hurts touchdown parlay. Yeah, Jefferson's scoring twice. He better score twice. Honestly, that's a good bet too. Jefferson to score twice. So wouldn't put it past him against the commies. Seahawks, Cardinals moving through the four o'clock hour. Cardinals are two points favorites against the Geno Smith led Seahawks. They have their weapons. Looks like DK's healthy. What do you think about this game? DeAndre Hopkins is back too. Is that going to tilt it in the Cardinals favor? I really was low on Seattle last week. I didn't expect them to be able to get it done. And like, I mean, they were playing the giants who everyone's been questioning their success, but like Arizona hasn't lo- really looked great either. They're, they're certainly starting to click a little bit more and they're at home. I just, I think I have to roll with Seattle here. If DK is playing in this game, they should, they should be able to play good sound football and win this one. I am on the same page as you because call of duty came out recently. Yes. All I need to say, go Seahawks Rams, Buccaneers, Buccaneers favorited by a field goal. (laughs) This has to be where Brady lights the lamp and throws three touchdowns, right? Like he can't keep on playing this bad or at least not converting because he's leading the league in yards or is at least top three. Last time I checked and just can't get the ball into the end zone. I think the Buccaneers yeah. score a couple touchdowns here. Divorce paperwork was filed. He's got a clear <laughs> mind now. Um, I think that the Bucks should should realistically come out of this one with a win. Titans at Chiefs is the Sunday night football game. Chiefs favored by 12 and a half. I think Malik Willis sucks or at least has not played like an NFL quarterback at all so far, which is a shame because I liked him coming out of college. Yeah, I, I, I think the reason he fell was people thought he was just more of a prospect than he was a player coming out of the draft. He's now being thrown into the flames. Like, I mean, he's got Derrick Henry, which makes every quarterback's life a little bit easier because they obviously have to respect that. But they haven't made his life any easier giving him people to throw the ball to. And the the Chiefs defense has looked better than it did last year. Their corners are playing well. Um, and I mean, if their pass rush can get after Willis, which I ex- expect they will, rookies tend to hold the ball a little bit longer than they should. Kansas should should win this. I don't I don't know if they cover 12 and a half, though. I don't like, think so. A... Titan has a, Titans have a kind of sneaky, good defense. Sneaking a defense and like they're they're good at controlling the clock. So like this yes, has to be a pretty are. big blowout to be a 13 point game. And I think with Derrick Henry, you you at least make this a seven point game. I think you're right. I'll take the Chiefs to win and the Titans to cover. That could be a good little middling bet, actually. And the Sunday or not the Sunday, the Monday night game, Kyle's Ravens going against the Saints, who are actually red hot. They just destroyed the Raiders at home. Saints once again at home. It's going to be loud for Jackson. He won't have Andrews there, most likely. See what I did there. What do you think about Ravens and Saints? Ravens fan Kyle. I am obviously taking the Ravens here. I think the first half of the game last week, I was super angry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We looked so awful on offense. We came out and like, 
because the Bucks were missing so many players in their secondary, the Ravens came out and tossed the ball like 25 times or something in the first half. And we, we should not be doing that. I understand trying to abuse a weakness, but they just, they failed to run the ball and they came out in the second half and Tyler Linderbaum made just a pylon out of Devin white, every single play. Like he looked so good getting off blocks and just like chipping and just running Devin white over. So I think this run game comes out full force. I think we see a nice balance offensively. And I think that they're starting to get their swagger back a bit. Um, and Ravens win by 10. They got their swagger back. Oh yeah. Oh. El freaky. <laughs> they trust. They trust. All right, man. I think that does it for a quick picks. All right, Kyle, I'm putting you on the spot. Well, let's end the episode with a joke. Let's hear it from you this time. Hit, hit me with the joke. All right. So I, I was playing strip poker last weekend. Oh, yeah. Were you? I really played my socks off. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> okay. 